Welcome back to Life for Your Soul. Virginia here. Um, we are jumping into this episode a little bit differently than we normally do. Um, and so we just want to let you guys know that after our intro plays, what you're going to be hearing is Rachel and I just jumping right into a conversation that we're having. Um, and we kind of like are walking through our thoughts and our feelings, kind of trying to pin some ideas down. Um, and this is kind of the behind the scenes stuff that we talk about a lot and we do before we start recording episodes. And then we kind of clean it up and start recording. But this time we wanted to let you guys in a little bit in our process and how we kind of talk things out beforehand. Um, so you're going to hear us talking to each other, but also talking to you, the audience, um, because we did have that mindset of like, let's just go ahead and, and, and flesh some of this out live while we're recording. So just wanted to give that little preface and caveat, and um, we hope you enjoy this episode. Have you been feeling stuck, limited, or blocked in your spiritual life? Are you looking for breakthrough today? We are here creating a safe place to uncover real answers to honest questions. Because this is not just another self-help podcast. This is Life for Your Soul. So, remember when we said that the path is narrow and really all demons have to do is just knock you off. Like, they really don't care. Yeah. Okay. So, after a month of deep processing and reflection, <laughs> realize that it's still as simple as intimate relationship with Jesus. Yeah. Because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and life. No one gets to the Father but through me. And so, Jesus, he says, I am the light. He's like, I am the bread of life. It's the seven statements. I'm the bread of life. I'm the light of the world. I am the gate. I am the shepherd. Um, there's two more. Anyway, bunch of I ams. <laughs> um, but the one thing is the gate. And so when processing through all the new age, the religion, all the different religions and the new age. And, and I was like, why is this stuff so seductive? Mm. Like, what is attractive about it? What is it? doing why does it why does it seem like it derails everybody it derails people or people can say oh i'm so happy and this is so great and and you're like but you know that it's gonna fall apart yeah you know like a wet tissue at some point Mm -hmm. it'll fall apart like a wet tissue because it's not the truth jesus i am the way the truth and the life and then i'm like so basically because i was trying to boil it all down because you know you could go you could talk about like in depth, like thirteen different religions and everything they believe. Yeah. And you can talk in depth about every facet and vein of the new age and then yeah. every type of witchcraft, like, you know, voodoo and white witchcraft and Wicca and like you know what I mean? Like you could just spend forever delineating the nuances of every one of these things. Yeah. And I was like, but what is the connecting factor and the connecting factor that makes all of them so seductive well what makes them all wrong oh yeah and and that basically is none of them is a intimate relationship with jesus because like if it's religion that's not an intimate relationship it's not an intimate relationship yeah so and then if it's new age or witchcraft, 
that's about more of controlling your life and becoming your own God. And yeah, like intimate relationship with yourself. Yeah. It's like intimate relate. And that's what they're selling. They're selling yeah. like, you need to know yourself better and be more ref- inner reflective and understand your power and understand, you know, and you need yeah. to get in touch with your inner, like they'll say inner light, inner Christ, whatever, but it's all principle driven or concept driven. And that principle or concept gives you a better feeling of control over your life. And then with religion, it's, um, it's, I need measurement status. I need a way to measure my status. And it's another realm of control. It's like, I need to know. Okay. I have no age is like, I make my own rules and set my own destiny. Religion is like someone else is making the rules and setting my destiny, but I just need to be able to check off the boxes. Yeah. You know, and say, oh, I've done this and this and this and this. I'm good. Um, I need to keep doing those things so I can stay good. And like religion capitalizes on Satan's like, okay, I either need to make you obsessed with yourself or I need you to hate yourself. Like self-destructive I hate myself, full of shame, condemnation, woe is me, self-destructive. Yeah. Or can I seduce you into being obsessed with yourself and obsessed with me, myself, and I and the destiny? So, but if you backtrack this one step back, it's like, how does he do this? Because... In reality, when you listen to Jesus, like if you just read, even if you just read Jesus, what Jesus said and nothing else in the Bible. Yeah. Like Jesus is nothing what the new age people want to call the Jesus guru or the Christ consciousness or whatever. He's nothing like that. Um, Because they either. So Jesus is two parts. He's Jesus, the Messiah, the anointed one, Christ, right? So they either focus on the Jesus part and make him human. Right. And they're like, okay, he was human. He was a guru. He was a teacher. He was like ahead of his time. And then looking at that verse of, you know, greater things will you do in that light of, oh, well, he did these things in his humanness. I can do these things in my humanness. Well, yeah, but... Yeah, I'm not disagreeing with you, but what we see in the New Age movement is they drop the Jesus. Like, Jesus is either your spirit guide, or they drop the Jesus altogether, and they go straight for the Messiah Christ thing. Like, they don't even say Messiah. They go for Christ. Because then it's like, Christ is like a a position. Well, Christ is a, yeah, it's like a, it's a title. Yeah, so then they capitalize on the, your inner Christ consciousness or your inner Christ or your inner divinity. Which is dangerous because lots of people only hear the word Christ in relation to Jesus Christ. And that can sway people away without knowing it. Yeah. And they make it into, well, not just that, but it's, it's like Jesus reached consciousness, elevated consciousness, oneness, uh, he was an ascendant master. Mm. Like he led the way because he was a bigger, greater, whatever. Right. Um, so that's not about, and that you get to be part of this greater consciousness or elevated knowledge or once again, 
it all boils down to it's not relationship-based. Like, all the new age, it eventually leads you to a unified consciousness. Everyone's connected. It's all one thing. And and honestly, it's not outside of the physical universe. It's like contained and part of it. And they might talk about different dimensions and stuff. But they're like all, all of the new age is operating within the now and the near future. Because they believe in the evolution of humanity and the evolution of spiritual consciousness. Mm-hmm. Okay. Religion also doesn't seem to have I feel like religion kind of shuts down that part of I don't know a lot of the religious things that I've seen is like kind of shuts down that evolution that aspect of growth and development and it's like no no this was the rule and this is how things are we stick to this this is how we know that we're in good standing and we don't leave it we stay here and I'm going to judge you by everything you're off the path yeah and, and there's a lot more facets to all of this. This is kind of simplifying it. But with religion, it's, it's still not like an intimate relationship with God. Like, really the only... And, and when we mean God, we, like when we mean Almighty God, we mean like the God of the universe who created everything that we're accountable to. And that's another thing. Like in Jesus, like Jesus was accountable to the Father. He said, I only say and do those things that Father show me. I've yeah. seen him do. I'm here for the purpose of revealing him to the world. I'm here to do his will. And I submit everything to him. For us to walk in his footsteps and be like him, we have to do the same thing for Christ. Like we have yeah. to do the same thing. Only do and say what we see him doing. Submit our will to him. Do everything. Because he is worthy of worship. So... Oh, that's the big thing right there is submitting your when will When you him. have a God outside of yourself that you're accountable to, that is awe-inspiring and is someone who deserves our worship, like worship really is a dirty word because it means that you have to kind of think less of yourself and degrade yourself somewhat to honor and venerate something. Yeah. And that cuts people off because yeah. they're like... Oh, God is just like, he just wants people to worship him. And he's so well, like, it's the, exact same, it's the exact same thing as submission. People get so bent up, bent out of shape and hung up on submission and the idea of submitting your will underneath someone else or a wife and a husband. Like submission throws people off in the same way. But the thing is when, when you take, so what happens with the new age is that they create a all powerful force that you're not morally accountable to because it's not a personality. It's either a conglomerate of everyone's personality or it's a consciousness field or it's some kind of connecting thing. It's like, it, there's just not, or even nothingness, like this concept of you go into nothingness and hit nirvana. Like there's no accountability to that being. And, and so they're totally good. Like they'll even call it God. Like you, they'll even call it God almighty or God or the God consciousness or the Christ consciousness. Like they'll call it whatever. Because it 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 replaces God because you're not you just have to participate, connect, whatever it is that 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 particular stream is telling you you need to do. But it's never about sin and accountability. Mm. And and here's the thing too, yeah, it's who like, wants to be held accountable. Also, there is something about us. 
that we were built in a good way to worship God, like to really, really connect with how amazing and beautiful and wonderful he is and just get completely lost in him and just get be like, you are God and I am not, and I'm totally okay with that. And, the, and, and you are so beyond my understanding and grasp, and you are so wonderful. The Bible said he's um, full of loving kindness and tender mercy. Um, like just, it, it's an experience that a lot of Christians have never had. And I think that we really don't connect with God on that level where he is that other thing that's outside of you and bigger than you that you're accountable to and that he deserves your worship and adoration. And that if you've not had a moment where you've really poured out your everything to him, kind of like the woman who had the alabaster box and dumped dumped all of it onto Jesus' feet and anointed him, it was crying on his feet. And, and everyone was like, just like upset because she just broke basically the equivalent of a hundred thousand dollars back then Mm. and just busted it. And Jesus is like, like, he's like, you guys don't understand. Like she understands. I understand. We all don't understand. Yeah. And I think that's the missing component. Like when we say the fear of the Lord or whatever, it's like, have you had that encounter where you really acknowledge God as outside of you, as someone you're accountable to and who loves you and is merciful to you. Um, Like you were designed for that. So when you don't have that right relationship, you're designed to worship something. Yeah. So something you worship something in your life for most people it's themselves. Yeah. And a lot of people who don't worship something um, will feel like they're stumbling around until they do worship something because that piece of us has to be fulfilled. And of course, ideally it's fulfilled through Christ and relationship with God. But um, I mean, just think it, just like you said earlier, like these new age people, anyone who's into any of these other religions, it's like some of them are just like so joyful and so this and that. And I think a piece of that personally is because a part of them is worshiping something and this is the wrong thing, but do you know what I mean? And so I was like, okay, how does the devil trick us so easily in this area? Because if, you, if you're reading the words of Christ, of Jesus, if you're reading the Bible, and you're really like just taking a lot of what he says at face value, like as, the, as he means it, mm. like not like, oh, he didn't really mean it that way. <laughs> you know, like, no, I mean, Jesus was offensive sometimes in how he said things on oh, purpose. Yeah. He set the bar incredibly high. Um, In a lot of areas that we don't want to admit or acknowledge. And I was like, how does the devil trick? Well, one, no one ever reads the Bible or knows what Jesus says. (laughs) And they're just going by what they heard. So there's that. Two. Don't um, get the Bible from TikTok. Don't get the Bible from Instagram. Two. And this is why I wanted to talk a whole series on eternity because... The devil has tricked us into thinking about the here and now and our measuring stick is how I feel right now. That's our measuring stick for life. You know, how do I feel okay right now? Do I feel really happy right now? Um, He doesn't want people to think about an afterlife um, or he wants to trick people into thinking an afterlife is a foregone conclusion. 
like, oh, you'll just be reincarnated. Oh, yeah. Or, oh, you're de- as long as you're a decent person and not an axe murderer, you'll go to a better place. You just need more good than bad in your you know, life. And and he never tells you really what that is. Like, a lot of these psychics and stuff that talk to people from beyond the grave and everything. It's like this amorphous, like, oh, it's just a pleasant, wonderful place of happiness. Okay. But, like, no real description. Right? And then reincarnation obliterate. You don't even need an afterlife because, oh, you just do it over again. Yeah. Like, that solves that problem. I don't have to give you the description of afterlife because you just redo it until you get it right. And then when you get it right, you just enter into nirvana, which is like you lose yourself in the great universe or whatever. I don't know. So the Bible actually gives a really clear description of hell, of hell's eternal sorry destination. That's the lake of fire or heaven. And actually, there's quite a bit of description. It's very descriptive. Yeah. Of heaven or where God lives, what heaven's going to be like, what the new world's going to be like like it's very descriptive um like more so than a lot like even if you hear these like near-death experiences and people come back from the dead whatever they only saw a tiny portion like most of these people they're like i saw the pearly gates (laughs) you know i talked to one person and then i'm back on the earth you know like they never it's not like they saw in great detail um anything and then a lot of these near-death experiences they conveniently don't hear out or listen to the ones where people actually went to hell and yeah. came back and you know, what, what always gets me most about of those, those people got instantly saved when they came back because they're like the i was hell i was in hell i knew i deserved to be there and i'm glad i'm back and i'm not going back there <laughs> like, <laughs> and what i love about both of those accounts is that often you find so many similarities between heavenly encounters and people who have encountered hell you know like these people know nothing about each other they grew up on opposite sides of the world Etc. But they're having these visions and these experiences, sharing some details that are creepy similar. You know, um, I love that. Yeah. So also part of this is like, okay, if our if Satan can get our measuring stick to be where I am right now, so all I care about is how happy and fulfilled do I feel right now? Mm, yeah. And whatever I'm doing to make me feel happy and fulfilled right now must be good. Right. Or must be better than um, delayed satisfaction or yeah. delayed gratification is what I mean. Or keeping you on your, your five-year plan, but keeping your eyes focused on, you know, what do you want to achieve? What do you want to get? What do you want your... Well, I think about you know. retirement. Everyone's like, okay, I probably will live to retirement age. I have to have some plan in, plan in place. But, like, how many people put off that plan to, like, in their 30s? Yeah. Right? Like, how many people in their early 20s are setting aside money? Unless, they di- unless they're one of those people who really plan ahead and they're like, I want to retire early. I care about money and finances. And I'm going to work my butt off. Yeah, or they, I'm going like, to sacrifice my it. 20s. And I'm going to work really hard so that I can re- retire early. Like, for people who see this... They're willing to delay gratification because they see a bigger goal and a bigger end. And the Bible is full of delayed gratification. Like all of Jesus preaches is delayed gratification. Oh my gosh, there's so like, many. Like the entire thing. He's like, there's so many. He's like, if you want to save your, try to save your life, you'll lose it. If you lose your life, you'll save it. You must take up your cross and follow me. Like there's this, this delayed I mean, David, gratification. Moses, Abraham, Sarah, like there's delayed gratification left and right. 
all over the place. God's promises, even to fulfillment, is usually a delayed gratification process. So, because God is interested in forming us and prepping us for what? For eternity. God will, he cares about our hearts now and he cares about our lives now. But what he really, really cares about is what's going to happen to us when we die. And how it's going to be when we die for the rest of eternity with him. That's you know, his also, primary objective. Newsflash, if you don't know, we'll be spending a lot more time in eternity than we will be in our lives here. <laughs> yeah, it's like if you had a long straight line, 50 feet, or like ongoing straight line, and you had one little dot in the middle. That's what our time here on Earth is. Mm-hmm. In this grand scope of eternity. And... It's but a vapor. It's but a vapor. So if Satan... Now, back in the day... Okay. Well, I I think that's an important, just to wrap that little piece up, is like, because it's so short, because it's a dot on that line and a vapor, it's also a really good measuring stick within it of itself to kind of like help you. Because if you're spending time focusing on this world to that degree, or someone's telling you the importance of this world and this life and things to do now... And that can also serve as a little bit of a flag of like, this is not eternity minded. Like, let me just spend some extra time before I jump into this, whatever the thing is. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So back in the day when life, ex- ex- life, ex- what is it? Expectancy. Life expectancy was like 40. Yeah. If you look back, a lot of people, re- if they weren't really godly, they were at least religious because you didn't live long. Mm. And most people, your pregnancies, you were lucky if you survived your pregnancy. Yeah. You were lucky if your pregnancy survived. There'd be so many people who had like 20 kids and 10 of them died. You know what I mean? Like, true. There was just, there was such a more focus on your eternal destination because, and, and, and for your children, like leaving a legacy. It's like, I'm only going to be here 50 years. If I'm lucky. Because you know, everybody saw how short life was. Yeah. You just, you know, very rarely did someone make it past 60 years old. Like that's old. Most people died in their forties. So it's like from some kind of disaster, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And in some societies they live longer, but still it's like, it was a slower paced society. Like it wasn't like, I told Virginia today, I said, we're human beings, not human doings. And she laughed at that because <laughs> she'd never heard that before. But like people are a little bit more human beings because they they had a slower pace of life. You lived by the soil and the rhythm of the earth and you lived by before. I mean, before the age of electricity, I mean, you were limited. Like you had a lot of time of reflection. You had a lot of downtime. You had a lot of hard work time. In high season and downtime when it wasn't, yeah. like you slept a lot. <laughs> like a lot. People got rest, you know, unless they were in factory jobs, but that came a little bit later. Um, you know, it was, but there was no guarantee, you know, that you had tomorrow. So people were like, it was on the forefront of their mind, like, I need to go to heaven. I need to know I'm going to be with my loved ones. I need to know I'm going to be with God. And, um, and, you know, that wasn't a bad thing. Yeah. But here we have the luxury. So I think the variety, the reason why we have so much variety of new age and religions and, and I mean, and witchcraft and all that, it's just because we have the time. Like we think we're going to live longer and 
And we think we have the, and we have the luxury because we're not just trying to survive. Like we actually have food on our plates and a roof over our heads. And most people have health care to some degree. And honestly, up until this whole COVID thing, like most people didn't, like we weren't in a, in this country, people weren't thinking about dying or that they could die tomorrow. Or even just planning for the next year. Or what happens if I can't get groceries for one week? Exactly. So like we have the luxury to sit around and come up with all these different thoughts and feelings about what we think the universe is like and the nature of of existence and like, cause we have the luxury to sit around and talk about this stuff. Um, so I think the demonic trick there is anything that can keep your eyes off eternity. Yeah. Like anything that can keep your eyes off of the Bible, anything that keeps your eyes off of Jesus, having a personal account encounter and accountability to Jesus and what Jesus did for you. Um, I mean, that's really, that's, I think it's a lot of the heart of it right there is the, like we said in the previous episode, the path is narrow. Jesus said that the path is narrow. And if a path is narrow, that means it's really easy to fall off. It's really easy to get misstep sideways. And then secondly, submission and submitting your will and serving instead of being served and all of those concepts that Jesus taught. It really requires a humbling of yourself and a swallowing of your pride in, and not just like in one task, but like living a life that is a humbling life, living a life of serving and submitting. And that's just a lot of work and effort that people don't want to give and do. And in this world that we live in right now, it's way easier to just not, it's way easier to live your life and take things in your own hands and, and, you know, do everything for yourself and, depend on yourself and depend on your skills and your ability to provide it's way easier to do those things and you can determine your destiny you can make it manifest by making declarations or imagining and, and that's it something that feels and planning like you, it out yeah like you said earlier that's something that feels like you can control and that feels a lot safer than leaving it to an unknown but even this like even when i hear people who talk in this way you know look what I've done with the power of positive thinking and connecting to the universe and doing all this stuff. Like, okay. Yeah. You only have that because you live in a country where that caters, where the demonic can cater to that. Mm, I'm sorry. When you live in a country where someone's got a gun to your head at any moment and can just choose to kill you, um, suddenly all those positive affirmations don't mean jack squat. Yeah, absolutely. And what are you gonna when do? you're looking down a barrel of a gun, I mean, I hate to say it, but like for some people, COVID was the barrel of a gun. Like they did not realize that their family members were just going to up and die well, and the or their and, friends uh, were going to up and die or they were going to up and die. And a dangerous thing too is, is that people think that their life, because it doesn't look that dramatic, it's, it, it, they don't have that same importance and that weight to it. When it's like, if you got hit by a car or you got in a car accident, God forbid, like that is something that you don't have that time ahead of time to make that decision. Do you know what I mean? Like, because the staring in the barrel of a gun thing, it's like, oh, well, nothing in my life is that dramatic. Or, you know, it doesn't feel that it, it doesn't feel that important, but it doesn't have to feel that important. Like your, your destination is your destination. Like you're, where you're going to go when you die is where you're going to go when you die. Like you have to take it as importantly as if 
somebody yeah. held the beer. Jesus said, store up for yourselves treasure in heaven where moth and rust cannot destroy. So he's yeah. even saying, now he did say, if anyone gives up family, house, family, friends, children in this sake. life for my sake, not only will they receive back in this life, but even more in the in eternity and life to come. Yeah. So like a lot of what Jesus is saying, like I said, the principle of Christianity is delayed gratification. And, you know, you are storing up treasures in heaven. You are doing things for your eternal rewards. You're doing things because of where you're going to go at the end of your life. Um, that's different from, you know, how do I feel today? And how does this make me feel today? And, uh, yeah. and, and a lot of people, like, they make decisions based on... I don't want delayed gratification. Sin feels really good right now, you know. Yeah, without and, even having the without even thinking about it that deeply. And fe- and feeling sin is feeling guilt is uncomfortable. So let's just make that not sin. Mm, yeah. So I don't yep. have to feel uncomfortable because Come uncomfortable on. is uncomfortable, and I don't want to feel uncomfortable. You know. And then it's like I was looking at this progressive oh church. Okay, there's this progressive church. You know, they've gotten to the point where like. On Ash Wednesday, they're like, we're going to, we're going to, um, observe Ash Wednesday where you can think about your past griefs and sorrows and injustices that have been done against you. I was like thinking to myself, I'm like, this is their post. And I'm like, this is like the opposite. I was like, <laughs> I thought Ash Wednesday was a day of deep repentance. And then I looked it up and it's, it is, it's a day of deep repentance. But in this church, there is no such thing as sin. Because God made you as you are and everything's great and God would never like knock you or make you feel bad. So there is no such thing as sin. So they can't say, let's celebrate Ash Wednesday as a day of repentance because repentance to them is a dirty word. But this is a simple because it's silly because sin is not something that is you. You are the one that's doing the sin. And yes, you can sin against yourself. But your sin the thing that makes sin sin is more the fact that it hurts God, not what it's doing to you. It, it pulling you away from God. Like, well, it is just all sin is self destructive. No, I agree, hundred percent. But if if they if it's that phrased that way, like because you said something like God, uh, the way the church was saying it was that like you know God wouldn't have you hurt yourself, or so therefore sin's not a thing. But it's also because sin is what that's what immediately separates us from God. So we can't get close to him if there's sin there. Oh, I get it. Right. And then therefore there's no sin. So there's something that's blocking us from God kind of thing. Yeah. Like really the only thing that's blocking your mind, it, blocking your way to God is just your misconceptions about him or whatever. Okay. Mm-hmm. We can go on this a whole nother topic. This but is true. What's interesting about there's this movement in the church where in order to be accepting of all lifestyles and all things, it's really about, and, and it's a pendulum swing against religiosity. It's this opposite pendulum swing of anything goes, you can't tell me about sin. Jesus loves me anyway. Besides, what did Jesus die for? Everything. So I don't have to worry about anything. It's like this opposite end of the spectrum of someone who's trying to earn their salvation and all of that. Um but what's interesting is I also saw another clip where these people are saying, they were singing a song, Lord Jesus, come. And I'm like, every instance where Jesus comes back in the Bible is a, is partnered with judgment. <laughs> I'm like, are they even knowing what they're saying? Like here they are saying that there's no judgment. There's no such thing as sin. And anything goes because God is love. 
But then they're saying Jesus come. But when you look at the Bible, when Jesus comes, he's like, he's like, I'm going to divide the sheep from the goats. Um, you are, they're going to have the great white throne judgment where everyone's going to be held accountable. Jesus said you will be held accountable at the end time for every idle word you ever spoke in your life. Uh. Right? You And you will be rewarded. He said you will be judged and rewarded on everything you've done. And Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. So really, if there's anything you did outside of Jesus and his enablement, and his, his sanctioned authority, it means nothing. So you, it's, it's a wash. Mm. So <laughs> we want the Lord to come back. But like, are you ready for the Lord to come back? Exactly. Exactly. Like, are you going to be caught with, you know, caught with your pants down? Like, because you know? even to that point, there's a lot of things that God-fearing Christians do that they don't do because Jesus told them. They just do it because life or it seems like it's good. Again, that's another tangent that we can go down on a different day. But like, mm, I mean, we gotta we gotta watch what we do, our motive. Freedom. Jesus said, "I I have come to set the captives free." You know, Jesus is truth and freedom, the equivalent of that. And so, when you cut Jesus and his redemptive work and his authority in your life and you becoming like him and you cut all of that out of the equation, you're living a powerless life. Mm. And you're not actually going to taste freedom. And you're not. So, like, you could be have a Christian who's been taught some things and knows some basics, but they're living a powerless, trapped life because they didn't actually embrace Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And they're not personally responsible to him. And they're not actually mm. having a personal relationship with him. And so they think Christianity failed them. Yeah, and funny. so they move on to something else that makes them feel better in the moment. Because honestly, like I said, Christianity is delayed gratification. If you do not have the relationship basis to to give you the grounding and the ability to endure, it's not worth it. I mean, it's worth it because you don't want to go to hell. But you know what I mean? Like in the short term, it's not worth it. Like a yeah, lot yeah. of people when you're fall fighting away, against yourself or yeah, yeah, a lot of people fall away or just change the rules because they don't like the game anymore and they never found the, fr- and then they blame Jesus or the religion or the Bible or Christianity because like it didn't work and it's stupid and it's all these things, but they never did it right in the first place. Mm, yeah. And part of what this podcast is about is I want you guys to do it right in the first place so that you can endure and and like or it fix actually it if work. you're not before you get yeah. totally derailed. Yeah, because then it would actually work. Like I want it to you guys to really experience the love of God, the presence of God, the miracles of God, but most of all, more than anything, the relationship with God, because that's worth more than anything and everything. But if you never had that, you don't know what you're missing. Yeah. And then you think Christianity didn't work for you. Well, it didn't work for you because no one told you how it actually works. Yeah. They gave you the, it's like they gave you the guide, but three pages were ripped out. Like mm-hmm. you, you got some of it and you didn't get the complete picture. Or if you you go to a church that's not really teaching on Holy Spirit and how to talk to him. And it's like, then your relationship with God is, it's only going to be as much as that you put into it and reading the word and getting to know him that way. But when you have a relationship with Holy Spirit, like Jesus went to heaven so that we would have Holy Spirit, so that we would have that helper here in us and with us. And that changes everything about how we live and operate on a moment-to-moment basis. And just remember, guys, all of these people, 
all your friends and all the people you know who are in uh, into all the all the things. Different religion, burning new age, whatever. Setting their intentions. And they're like, I'm so happy. <laughs> My life is more fulfilled than ever. Mind you, they're operating off a principle or concept. Yeah. Okay? That when the real God shows up in person, all concepts and principles go out the window. Yeah. Okay? God's going to show up in person, and then they're going to be stuck in front of a very real, alive, living God. What if sinners in the hands of an angry God? Well, like It's like this idea of like... You are going to be put in front of the living God of holiness and righteousness and truth. And then when he's like, you know, what do you have to say of yourself? You're going to be like, <laughs> right? Your knees are going to be knocking and you're oh, like, sorry, oh, I crap. thought you were fake. I didn't realize you were real. Um, <laughs> this is a problem. I had convinced myself that I'm my own God. <laughs> and, and, and honestly, there is somebody I knew who used to, I would say, pray. But when I hear their process now, what sounds like what they do when they pray is now they meditate. And when they're talking about meditating, they're talking about me dreaming and planning about how I want my life. I heard them talk. They talked about themselves and said, I, 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 me, me, me for like a good 15 minutes. And I'm like, so this is nothing to do with what God wants. Yeah. Or, you know, or what was what's God's plan for my life that he knows best? Here's another advantage, guys. When you're not your own God, you don't have to have it figured out and you don't have to know everything. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Okay. So when God's outside of you and you're accountable to him and he knows everything and all the things and he's fantastic and mir- miraculous and amazing, guess what? You get to like trust him and cast your cares upon him and be like, God's got this because... You're not limited to you trying to manipulate your own circumstances and doing it right every time so that you don't screw up. Yeah. Right? That's all witchcraft is. Witchcraft is, it's all witchcraft. Honestly, guys, all of it, I know this sounds weird because we how we use witchcraft in modern tech terminology and in, in, in life today. Yeah. Witchcraft is anything that comes as a fruit of the tree of knowledge and good and evil. That's witchcraft. Yeah, right? anything you're doing of yourself. Anything you're doing of yourself, anything you're doing outside of how God said it's supposed to be done is witchcraft, okay? Yeah. Some people are more open about it and a little bit more evil about it, and then we tend to label it as witchcraft. But all rebellion, all stubbornness, all pride, all I want to worship my own self, all idolatry, all having other gods, all of it is witchcraft. Yeah. And, and so like, and if you look up a quick, it, it'll take you five seconds, just Google Bible verses about witchcraft, and you're going to see very clearly that none of it's good. No good things come from it at all. So this past month was a hard month. Yeah. Um, that's why we, we, sorry, we didn't have a podcast. Um, we got COVID, uh, a very close friend of ours. Uh, their child with special needs suddenly died. Very sad. Um, so, you know, death is real. And I've had two deaths in the past two months. And both of those people I know are in heaven. Thank God that that is comforting. But there's a lot of people I know that... <sighs> if you were... If I were to invite you over to my house, 
most people would say, it's your house. You get to make your own rules. You can determine who comes in and who doesn't. And when God does that, when God has his house, when God has heaven, everyone's like, you don't get to make your own rules, God, about who comes in and who doesn't. Mm, You should just let everybody in. That's good. You know? And God's like, no, I don't allow sin. Yeah. I'm sorry. You loved sin on the earth and you didn't want to give it up. So why would I let you into my house now? Yeah. Why am I up here and you're down there? You did not love me or care about anything I said. So why would I want you here with me for all eternity? Well, you know, I deserve to live. Well, why? I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like we he sets the guideline of desert, quote unquote, deserving. We are hypocrites when it comes to God. We expect everything out of whatever concept of God we want with no accountability. And we don't want to have him have any rights. Like we suddenly are like the creator shouldn't have any rights or any means of determining anything when he's the only one that's pure and holy. And, you know, and it just makes me so mad because that same person, if you just waltz into their house and be like, I deserve to come in. And you're like, I don't know you from Adam. Hence, I don't know you. Most people don't let people into their house unless they're suspicious for reason or they know them. Yeah. Jesus said, depart from me. I never knew you. He said, there are going to be people who come on that day and say, but didn't we cast out demons in your name? Didn't we do all this stuff in your name? Didn't we do miracle signs and wonders in your name? And Jesus is like, leave. I never knew you. Yep. So once again, if we could boil this all down, this whole conversation into one thing is like, do you know God? Does God have the opportunity to know you? Is it God is outside of you that you're accountable to him? And all of these concepts and principles and rules and machinations that everyone comes up with and all these ideas and all the rabbit trails, they're all running away from being accountable to a a living God. Yeah, that's that's important. That's where it all boils down to. That's important. Right? And so... We we don't want you to fall away, fall down those, you know, tricks. And also, if you are in relationship with God and you are walking rightly, like, don't be deceived. Like, arm yourself with knowledge so that when these things come that seem earthly, that seem good, some would argue too good to be true... Um, doing things in your own power, doing things yourself, like don't be deceived and fall off because the path is narrow and it doesn't take much. It doesn't take much. And here's a key. It's very, very simple, but it's the hardest thing ever. Honestly, I could make this podcast, every podcast I could just tell to you. It's very simple, but not easy. Give everything to God. Turn yourself in. He knows you can't do it. He's provided a way for him to do it through you. God never asks us to do anything that he's not ready to provide a way for us to do. Yeah. So everyone says he's an evil taskmaster or he's demanding or he has impossible standards. Yeah, he had an impossible standard. That's why he sent his son to meet that impossible standard. Right? And then he gives us his son and his Holy Spirit to enable us. So anything he asks us to give up, he's already given up. Do you know what I mean? He's not yeah. asking you to do anything he wouldn't do for you or yeah. wouldn't do. And he's not asking you to do anything that he won't prepare you for or give you what you need to do it. There's no, there's nothing that he's going to set you to that then is not going to back you up on it, on it, you know? And it's not some secret esoteric knowledge. It's just 
Do you trust me? Mm. And are you going to take my hand and let me lead you? That's really all it is. That's it, guys. Now, we can spend the rest of eternity talking about this, but that's it. Yeah. Like, that's how do you prevent getting deceived is that simple concept. Is Jesus holding his hand out to you and saying, do you trust me? Do you love me? Will you obey me? Will you take my hand? Will you let me lead you? And then you do it. It's the hardest thing in the world. It is simple, simple, simple. It's not complicated, It's, but it's extremely hard because you have to get out of yourself and over yourself, turn yourself in and be like, I know I can't do it, and I am sorry, God, and I need you to do this in me, and I give it all up to you. If you were in a foreign country and you knew nothing of the country, their cultures, their customs, and you didn't know how to speak their language, and you land and you get off the plane and there's a a travel guide with you who knows all of those things. And they're like, hey, I'm here to accompany you. You're leaning on that person your whole trip. You're leaning on them to understand what the people around you are saying, where you're supposed to go, getting you to your place you're going to sleep, getting you around. You're leaning on that person for everything. And you're okay with it because you know that you're a foreigner in a foreign land and that you don't know the ways. And the trickery of it all is that if you are a believer and you have given your life to Christ, we are not citizens of earth. We are citizens of heaven. We have then become born again into Christ and therefore are foreigners to the world that we live in. Except that because we are born and we grew up here, we don't feel like foreigners. So we walk around being cocky and overconfident, thinking that we know things. When true believers who understand everything that Rachel's talking about— and have that relationship with God, they at least know enough to know, I actually can't do this on my own. I need someone to help me on a moment daily basis so that I can get through this world and not mess up. Also, what's more comforting? The concept that someone loves you or someone actually giving you a hug when you're, you know what I mean? Mm, You need the relationship component. That's so good. When things go wrong, because they're going to go wrong, because guess what? This world is defunct and it's corrupt. God is doing his best with us, but we have free will and the world is corrupt and defunct. And he's just trying to get us through to the end of time so he can reset everything. Okay. He's just doing his best with us and we're doing our best, hopefully. So stuff is going to go wrong and people are going to die. Okay. Well, but God's right there to hold you, but he's not there to hold you if you don't know him. You know what I mean? Like, if he's not a person to you, if he's not a real breathing entity to you, then he's just a concept and there's no life in that. Yeah. And as crazy as it sounds, God loves so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Do you know? Like, Jesus came. It's it's crazy. Like, it it is. It is. It is. It is crazy. It's good yeah. news. The uh, the gospel means too good to be true. Like it just is. And the thing is like, and you don't have to argue with people because at the end of time, it'll prove itself out. Yeah. And we'll all stand there. We'll all stand there. One way or another, it'll all prove itself out yeah. and who is right and who is wrong. But I don't want to miss out on knowing God today. It's not about right or wrong. It's if I'm having a living relationship with God now, I don't have to make an argument or argue with somebody. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And they're no, not going to argue me out of my relationship with God. Yeah. And it's not like me waiting around to the end of time to prove a concept. Like God's already proven himself to me time and time and time and over again. But I know that a lot of people have not had that. 
and they just live life in concepts and hopes and there's no surety in their life. Yeah. And then when they stumble across witchcraft in any of its forms and that witchcraft tells you, you can control your destiny. You can control your life. You can make it happen. It's a very comforting thought. And I know that if you have just started listening to the podcast within the past, you know, maybe a couple topics or something, and you weren't here from the beginning or didn't go back and listen, then some of this might be like, listen, I'm a believer. I have been with the Lord for years. Why are you saying all this to me? Um, because we do have a, a significant part of our audience that don't necessarily fall into this category. Um, but it's important to know that you're going to run across people in your life that um, do think this way, or they just don't know. And a lot of why life for your soul is life for your soul is because there is a heart that Rachel and I have to minister and bring light to people who are in this path and also make sure that none, no one who is a believer falls down this path as well, whichever one it may be, um, but that all of us just stay on the path, the narrow path to Christ. Um, so, yeah, I just want to yeah, bring that. Yeah, and we'll elaborate more on for future episodes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, if you're sitting here going like, why are you telling me this? Listen, it's still good anyway. You should listen to it. Pass it along to somebody. Because I am telling you, the I have at least... A good, I don't know that many people, and I know a good 10 people who have left the faith. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. And they think that they're better for it. And if you know people who have left and you've been confused about it, then this episode also might answer some of your questions as to shed, at least shed some light onto why that could have happened as well. So, um, yeah, like Rachel said, we could talk a lot about this and we will for sure in future episodes, but um, we didn't want to let any more weeks go by without recording. And we want to sit here and, and be here with you guys. There has been a lot of stuff that's gone on, but um, this is really where our heart is. And, um, you know, starting this episode off, as, you know, we mentioned of us just jumping into the conversation is because these are the things that Rachel and I talk about a lot, just Monday through Friday during the week. So uh, we wanted to kind of open up the episode a little bit and share that part of it with you. So you guys can kind of just get an understanding too of how, um, how important it is. We think about these things a lot. Yep. So we bless you all. Yes. Bless you. God bless you. We're glad to be back. Please, yep. if you've missed us and didn't know what was going on, I would highly recommend to go wherever your favorite podcast player is, um, however you listen to us and subscribe to the show. And that way you won't ever have to miss an episode. You'll get it the day it comes You out. don't have to miss an episode, even if we miss one. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay, we will catch you guys on the next one. All right, bye guys. Bye. This has been an episode of Life for Your Soul, brought to you by The Sevenfold. For more info on who we are and what you've heard in today's episode, head over to thesevenfold.com. Today we leave you with this blessing from 3 John. May you prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. Until next time, this is Life for Your Soul.